One, two, three. Awesome. Who's first time? Two. Every, you're, everyone's going? First time? Just the Diaz first time? Everybody else has been there before? It's your first time. Everybody's first time except for you. Awesome. Well, Mardi Gras is awesome. You guys should go there expecting some things. I'm going to share a quick testimony about Mardi Gras just because I just feel like God pressed it on my heart as I was getting ready for, for me to share this with you guys. There was this, I'm going to make this super quick too. So there was a situation, we were out at Mardi Gras, we were out on the street, and every time I went to Mardi Gras, I went expecting God. Like they would have prayer in the morning and I would wake up in the morning and I would go spend that time with God. I would go make that my breakfast, you know, like and, and go downstairs to the prayer session. And a lot of people would stay sleeping, but I took that seriously and I knew, man, this time is set apart for God and God's going to do something during this time. So I honored what God wanted to do and I would wake up early and I would go downstairs for the prayer meeting and I, you know, speak in tongues and, and I would say, God, I'm ready for you to use me today. I'm waiting for something awesome to happen. So I met up with my partner and we go out on the street and there's groups. The way it works is like there's five different groups of people. You're on team one, team two, team three, team four, and then they go out on the street, four or five hundred Bible college students out on the street. So team one, team two, team three, team four, team five, all on Bourbon Street. Everybody has on the same jacket, you know, the same the same hoodie. Um, bring me back one, y'all, this year. Um, but so we were out there on the streets. I was with my partner, and then all of a sudden I see this kid, you know, frantically moving, you know, and I'm like, hey, hey, what are you looking for? You know, he's like, man, I need prayer, you know, and and I, I was ready for God to use me, and I said, I'm ready to pray for you, you know. So as we go to pray for him, I, I, the Lord gave me a word for him. And I can't remember exactly what the, what the word was, and that's how I know it was from God, because it wasn't from me. I never met this kid in my life. He's just some kid out there on the streets. But I do remember this. He, he started shaking, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're just shaking, you know, and, and he starts to cry, you know. And then I'm like, okay, I know God's doing something in his life, right? So then I... I I, I tell him, I felt the Lord say that God wants to show him what he brought you out of. And then uh, Pat Chancellor was giving out anointing oil. So I had this anointing oil and I took the anointing oil out of my pocket. I put some on my hands and I, I touched his head and I said, I pray in Jesus name that God would show you all the things that he brought you out of. Out of nowhere, his legs went limp. I mean, his legs just went limp, and he started shaking, and his eyes started flashing like a movie reel, going like this. It was just the wildest thing I had ever seen. And all of a sudden, and, and, and my, my partner's holding him up. Uh, Professor Fischel comes over. They'll, they'll testify there. They're holding this guy up, you know, and he's just, like, out, like, just moving, you know. And then I start just casting things out of his life, you know, rebuking things off of his life, you know. And, and God was using me at that time to cast out a demon. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. People were like recording it, and you know, and in that moment, I, I, it was like it was so surreal to me that God was using me to do this. And in that moment, I still chose God. I'm set apart for you. I'm not worrying about nobody else or what no one else is doing. I'm focusing on this. And so as the kid got up, you know, we he got up and, and we prayed for him. And then he was like, "Whoa!" You know, and we're like, "Bro, what happened? You know what just happened?" And he was like, "Man, I just feel like something's been lifted off of my shoulders." You know. And I said, my partner asked him, "What did you see?" He goes, "Man, I saw God show me everything that He had saved me from." Everything that he had brought me out of, all the times that he protected me and kept me, you know, I was like, wow. And that was what I prayed for. And then he was like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to live for God. He gave his life to Jesus. He got in touch with the professor. He got his number. 
And uh, he was talking about, you know, having the call of God and going into Bible college. I don't know where that young man is at now, amen, but only God knows. But I, the whole point is be faithful, be expecting for God to do something amazing. And that is how I wanted to start off this little sermon, sharing that with you. That was crazy, amen. So God wants to do it. And you know what? He wants to use you to do it, amen. How do I use this? Do I just go side? Oh. Okay, awesome. So my sermon today is titled Set Apart, Getting Real with God. Um, we're just going to hit it off. Romans 1.1, Paul, servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Everyone turn your Bibles or apps to Romans 1.1. I'm going to do the same thing. This is a pause introduction Paul, the book of Romans is written to believers, and here Paul is, hold on, let me find my Romans, there we go, all right, and here Paul is writing to correct some things in the church. This is Paul's introduction, okay, this is Paul introducing himself, oops, um, to these to these. To, to the people. He starts off his book of Romans saying, I, Paul, am a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of, of God. Paul's writing this letter to this church and he introduces himself. And when he does, he makes it known when he speaks, I am Paul, I serve Christ, I am set apart to preach the gospel of God. I belong to God. Okay, so here are a few things we're going to be talking about today. Getting real with God, watching what you eat, and don't be entertained. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to put you guys on a diet, okay? <laughs> I promise, all right? So before we get into this, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Are you set apart? Amen. Right? And before you get, everybody's like, of course, yes, of course. Christina, I am down. I am set apart. Yes. I love Jesus. I am set apart. But let's find out what that means. Let's take a look at this. The first one is getting real with God. No idols. I cannot read that scripture up there. That is, oh, there we go. Boop, that's bigger. It says, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a little lower than that. I'm going to start at verse 20. Actually, verse 18. It says, the wrath of God is being revealed again, from heaven against all of the godlessness of the wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That's what you guys are going to be going out there on the street looking at in Mardi Gras. God's wrath is going to be revealed against all godlessness and wickedness of all people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And it says, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world's invisible... Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature has been clearly seen, being made understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. What does that basically mean? Moral laws, nature. Now I can look outside, look at trees, and it proclaims the glory of God, right? Everything on this world, moral laws, including marriage, everything screams God is real. God is who he says he is. Amen. So every, we're without excuse. And then here we see, we keep going. It says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor or gave thanks to him. But in their thinking became futile. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they came to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being in, the, in being and birds and animals, idols. 
idols. So what is an idol? And I could, an idol can be something that we take and put in the place of God, whether it be something you, you do, somebody you love, somebody you care about. It could be my family. My husband can become my idol. My children can become my idol. My laptop can become my idol, okay? My homework, my schoolwork, these things can become your idols because you're putting them in the place of God. You're giving it importance, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. These things can become idols in your life, okay? So guard yourself from idols. Why? Because idols always lead to sexual immorality. Regardless what type of idol it is in the Bible, and you guys might look at me like, what? I am saved. I am not giving into sexual immorality. Did you know why I was doing this? I was looking up the study, and it said that about 85%, I actually have it right in here. Yeah, 85% of mega church pastors fall into sexual sin. The sin that they actually fall into is sexual sin. Sin. And why, does that, why is that important? Because every one of us sitting here, we're going to be pastors one day. We're all ministers of the gospel. We are set apart for God. And this is the way the enemy wants to come in because when you put other things in the place of God, idol worship always leads to sexual immorality. If we see here, it says, therefore, the word therefore here has an entailing of because of what happened before, therefore, this is going to happen. Right? Every call, every, every, every action has a reaction. So the word therefore here means because of this action, this is the reaction. Therefore. So let's read that again, right? It says, it says, they made the idols, right? And it says, therefore. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts for sexual impurity, for degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Okay. So now we look at that. What, 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 are, what are idols in your life? What could you be like, man, I had this set up as an idol in my life. And now you might think, well, Christina, I'm not married yet. I don't really have to worry about, you know, being holy and things like that because I love God and, and I'm good right now. And, you know, but I want, I want you to think, think, think out of the box, not just in the place of I don't really have any boyfriend or girlfriend or I don't really have this or that. But we're, we're going to look at this. And it says the watch what you eat. Because even though you don't identify any idols in your life, let's look at this. The Bible tells us that man does not live on bread alone, right? Jesus answered, it is written, man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from their mouth. Now, going back to those idols, let's look at Revelations 2, verse 20. It says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that Roman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. So look at that. When I'm saying watch you what you eat, you might not have idols in your life, but are you feeding into something that is sacrificed to idols? Are you feeding into something that doesn't glorify God? Are you feeding and eating right. something that doesn't give glory to God? That's right. Now, I'm not saying certain things aren't bad, you know, but basically you need to watch what you eat. Nothing that gives into things for idols. It could be big things like sin, like pornography or, or sexual immorality. You know, it could be big things like that. It could be small stuff. Something that nah, doesn't, you know, it's a gray area. It's not, it's not, it doesn't really matter, right? Like think about, you know, making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That's not a sin in the Bible, right? You have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend. Kissing them isn't really a sin. Me and Jose didn't kiss until we got married. Praise God. You know, I'm not going to put that on anybody, but... Obviously, making out with your boyfriend and girlfriend as a future pastor could lead 
to sin. Quick, fast, and in a hurry, it could lead to sin. Putting yourself in a position where you're uncomfortable could lead you to sin. So guard yourself and watch what you eat. What are you giving your attention to? Are you eating something that is sacrificed to someone or something that has the place of God? You need to be set apart. And you need to not be entertained. And I don't mean playing video games. I don't mean watching TV. I mean do not entertain the sins of others. People who aren't going on to Mardi, Mardi Gras, that's like four of you guys, that's a lot of you guys. But when you go there, people are going to know that you guys belong to Metro Praise. And I'll tell you that right now. Because we're different. Because we know we are set apart. And this is not to downplay any other cohort or any other church or anything like that. I'm telling you, like Pastor Joe, you guys heard his sermon yesterday. I hope you guys were at church. <laughs> I wasn't. I was sick, but I watched online. And he said he purposefully is letting this church grow like this for a reason. This is Sparta. This is like, we are the 300. When we go out there, we are sending four of our best people out there to represent us, represent the church, represent God out on these streets, and you are set apart. Don't be entertained by the sins of others. Okay? Now let's read this scripture. It says, Furthermore, just as they do not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. I'm going to stop here. They are gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to say this. Everything Paul's describing here, wickedness, evil, greed, depravity, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanders, God-haters. Think about that. God-haters. Everything he's describing, he's describing those people who, who have idols, right? Who gave their some over to idol worship. And right now you're probably thinking, well, I'm, you know, Christina, I'm sure I am saved. I'm good. I'm called. I'm set apart, you know. But what about this? Do you entertain the sins of others? Because let's see verse 32. It says, although they, knowing God's righteous decree that those who do such things, everything, deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they approve of those who practice them. So by you approving of somebody who practices it, by you not correcting somebody out on the street when they're sinning and your partner thinks, oh, God loves you, you're, 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 you're putting yourself under this title. There's no separation there. You know those verse numbers, those pretty verse numbers? We put those in there. When God gave them the Bible, there was no verses. So there's no period there. This continues going, and it says, they not only continue to do these things, but they also approve of those who practice them. So Paul's right here saying, this is just as serious as everything that they're doing. I had this quote written down, and I thought it was cool. It says, basically, you guys cannot approve of those who practice them. The word approve, synodeo in the Greek, means to be sympath to sympathize with. In the Fire Bible, the, the writer of the commentary wrote this, and it says, contributing to the public's tolerant opinion of moral indecency and spiritual complacency, careless, your careless attitude towards your fellow friends, 
ministers, accountability partners, allows and encourage people to do the same by discouraging any sense of shame and guilt and it's robbing them. You're robbing them of the desire to change. So by not calling them out, it says you're robbing them of the desire to change. Now, I think of Proverbs where it says an open rebuke is better than a kiss from a friend, right? So everybody knows that Proverbs. And we need to keep each other accountable. We need to. You know, take a, if you're in 201, raise your hand. Anybody in 201? Everybody in 201. You need to take that 201 time seriously. Seriously. Like, it's not like, you know, you know, we have the questions that we ask each other. You know, do you have any sin, sin in your life? You know, are you at peace with everybody? Do you love God? Do you love Jesus? No, are you set apart? Are you entertaining the sins of others? When your friends who are not saved get around you, do you let it be known? Do you introduce yourself like, I am Yuli, I am Joseph, I am set apart for Christ. I love Jesus. Anything that you ask me or tell me is going to come through the filter that I am a minister of the gospel of Christ. And when you ask me something, I'm going to come at you with a question because I represent Jesus Christ. And when you ask me something, I'm gonna, I'm, that, that is my filter. That is my worldview. That is where I'm, all the answers to your questions that you're asking me are going to come from the heart that I am set apart for Christ. So no, I'm not going to laugh at your crude jokes. I'm not going to watch this crude video with you on YouTube. I am not going to tolerate or congratulate you on your sinful engagement or your sinful relationship. I'm going to tell you how it is because I love Jesus. I am set apart. When you're out on the streets of Mardi Gras, you know, you might not have idols in your life, right? You might not, you think, I'm not, I'm not that bad, Christina. I, I, I've never, I've never, you know, cheated on anybody. I'm not married and I don't watch porn and I'm past those sins in my life. But Paul's putting you here in the same place. If you are tolerating or approving those who are practicing these things, you're just as bad. You are just as bad. And you, you, you might think like, Christina, I think you misinterpreted that. No, let's go to Romans 2 verse 1. It says, you therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else. You guys remember the scripture in the, church, in the, in the Bible that it says, who is to pass judgment? It says, if you are in the church, you're to do what? Judge others in the church, right? So here he says, you who pass judgment. So he's talking about the leaders, the people in the church passing judgment, right? On someone else, for whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. You do, the, do you do the same things? You might not do exactly the same things, but Paul is saying you're doing the same thing. By hanging around with your, 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 your friends who are not saved and tolerating what they're doing, you are doing the same thing. Thing. By not calling sin, sin, you are doing the same thing. Okay. And um, don't be careless in accountability. Don't be careless preaching the gospel. Don't be careless in your friendships or relationships. Be intentional. Make sure you have that introduction. I am Christina Riesco. I am called by God, right? Because many are called, few are chosen. And get this, even fewer are set apart. Even fewer are set apart. So you have to decide in your heart, in your mind, I'm going to set my mind apart for Christ. 
Because a lot of people can be chosen, a lot of people can be called, a lot of people can be in ministry. We see it all the time. When we first started, we started with way more Bible college students than this. Let's just say that. It's true. So do you don't look at me like I'm crazy, girl. I'm telling the truth. I'm going to say preach. <laughs> but you know what? There, there's hope, and that hope is Jesus. The Bible says God's kindness leads us to repentance. So when we're out there preaching on the streets, when we're out there sharing with our friends or our family members, God's kindness leads us to repentance. So it's telling them, hey, you know, you're going the wrong way. You know, I, I sat down with one of my friends, my childhood friends, and she, was, she took me to church when I was younger. And I remember her taking me to church. I remember being in the, in the church pew and... And we would sit down, and I would be like, why is everybody so quiet? And she goes, they're praying. And I'm like, what are they doing? How do you pray? And she's like, you just sit here and be quiet. And I'm like, okay. So we would sit there and be quiet at her church, you know? Like, we were, we were like, uh, I think we were like in grammar school. So my mom would make me go to her church, you know? But there was the first idea that I had of church, the first church setting. She was the first one to take me to church, you know? Like, in my growing up, growing up. And um, as, I, as I grew up and got away from things, I knew I had to get back to church, right? So then I got saved, and she, she got married, and she fell away from God because she started having things in her life, idol worship. And idol worship always leads to sexual immorality. And I'm not putting her out there because you might meet her because now she's coming to our church, amen. But uh, idol worship always leads to sexual immorality. And even though I had my things and she had her things, I came to God and I got saved. And now God was putting it on my heart to pray for her. And I would pray for her and I would pray for her. And, and I would try and message her. And she, would, she wouldn't respond to me because she knew, Christina, if I talk to her, she's set apart for God. She doesn't try and preach to me me like I'm not trying to handle that you know I'm not so she wouldn't talk to me and it broke my heart because I was trying to tell her the truth so finally when she went through something tough I finally got to got to got to open the door to, for me to meet with her and sit down with her and I had the the option right there I could have told her man everything's going to be okay God loves you it is okay you know keep living the way you're living because I missed her she was my best friend I missed her I that that relationship cutting that off that hurt that cutting that relationship off hurt. And I had that, here she was, I've been praying for her for so long and she's here. And I'm like, this might be the last time she meets with me and I talk to her because you know, what am I gonna do? And I chose at that moment to be set apart for God and say, I cannot do this. I cannot sit next to you and pray for you and tell you I love you and God loves you because I love you. I have to tell you the truth. You are living wrong. And if you keep living this way and you leave here, this coffee shop, you will go to hell separated from God for an eternity. Or you can accept Jesus Christ, repent, turn away from your sin, and God will work it out for his glory. Thankfully, she still talks to me and she ended up coming to church. Amen. Praise God. So what I'm saying is that that kind that was me being kind to her. That was me loving her. Amen. So we're going to pray and I want to share one more scripture really quick. I think I have one. Are you set apart? Yes. It says you have you therefore have no excuse. I read that already. Boop. And that's the end of my slides. I have one more scripture. Revelation 3 verse 16 which was 201's memory verse last week. Anybody know the memory verse? All right, you don't know like that? All right. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. We got to get real with God today. We got to decide. We, we know we're hot. 
Okay, we go to Metro Place, we go to the hottest church, one of the hottest churches. I'm not saying we're the only one doing it, but we're doing it, okay? We, we literally, we are doing it. So I know you guys are hot. I know you guys, do, you guys are on fire. I know you guys love Jesus, but you got to be one or the other, right? And you guys already decided to be hot, but now are you going to be set apart? Are you going to be set apart for God? Amen. So we're going to pray right now. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you guys feel on your heart that this, the Lord just spoke to you or confirmed something to you, you know, and um, you guys want me to pray for you in my own prayer closet, every eye closed, every head bowed, just slip your hand up if you guys want to be set apart. Amen. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for these lives in here today. I thank you, God, for your word and your truth, God. I thank you, God, for who you are, Lord. I ask you, God, that we would set our eyes on you, God, set our mind on you, Jesus, that we wouldn't have any idols, Lord, that we wouldn't entertain the sins of other God, others, God, whether it be friends or even people in the church, even people around us, God, even gray areas, God, that we might not think matter, God, even things that we that, that we don't see in Scripture, things that we're okay with, God, whether it be, you know, having, you know, whatever the case may be, Lord, I ask you, God, that you would have your way, God, in our hearts in our mind, in our lives, God, that you would change us from the inside out, God, that you would give us a fresh fire, a fresh renewal, God, that we would always stay hot for you, God, that we would never be lukewarm, God, that we would never be, oh, that's a, that's a little bit too much, God, I pray, God, that we would represent you, Jesus, God, I pray, God, that we would introduce ourselves as ministers of the gospel, that our friends, our family would know, God, that they are set apart for you, Jesus, I claim that over them, God, I pray over the students going to Mardi Gras, I ask you right now in Jesus' name that you would use them, God, to be set apart even there, even amongst the ministers that are there, God, that you would set them apart, oh God, that they wouldn't be worried about entertainment, even, even not even if it's sin, just entertainment, God, that they would be focused on you there, that they would be kingdom-minded, kingdom-driven, kingdom-focused. I ask you, God, that you would wake them up at night, God, and just set them ablaze for you to pray for, for, for people to get saved. I pray that you would give them visions and dreams of people who they're going to meet out on those streets, God. And I ask you, Lord, that they would, they would just lead them to repentance, God, that they would give them kindness mixed with mercy and love, God, that they would snatch the souls out of the fire. I pray in advance for their partners, God. I pray that you would soften the hearts of their partners to your word and your truth, God. I ask you, God, that none of these students, God, in MPI from this cohort would waver in your word. God would waver upon bringing the gospel, would waver in showing kindness, God, and, and telling somebody else, hey, you're going the wrong way. You are living in sin. You need to come to Jesus. God, I pray, God, that they would show love mixed with mercy, God. And I ask you, God, in the name of of Jesus for their partners, that you would use them, God, as spiritual uh, spiritual heads in a sense, Lord, to minister and share and, and, and encourage each other with their partner, encourage their partner and show them, God, if they're not doing the same thing, that they're, they're, their partner is not 100% set apart for you, Jesus. I pray, God, that they would stay set apart and they would show their partner through the word and through the scripture about the proper and correct way to love each other with mercy, to love Love each other with kindness, God. I thank you, God, for who you are, God. I thank you for your anointing and your power and your presence over all these students' lives. I thank you for this time, Lord. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do, God. We give you praise and glory and honor for you who are on high forevermore. Amen.